Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 21, and you need to highlight it. I have it marked up. I got my old Amplified out. I had to get it all glued back together. It was kind of worn out, so I'm glad to have my sword back. But um, I love it, what it says in the Amplified the, the most. And so I'm going to read it to you. Paul is writing to this church at Ephesus, and he says this, May he grant unto you by your rich treasure and glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power. How many of y'all need energy today? Let me just go ahead and say this is a show of hands. Like you're being honest. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. All right, this word's for you. With power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your inmost being and personality. How many of y'all know the Holy Spirit can even grab a hold of your personality? Be like, well, that's not my personality. Well, wait till you get a dose of the ghost. Come on, somebody. It says in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints. Everybody say all. That means it's for everybody in here. This is God's people. The width, the length, and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love. Verse 19. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life. How y'all know the word says in Psalm 16, in his presence is fullness of joy. How many of y'all know the world needs joy today? How you get that is being in his presence. Completely filled and flooded with God himself, verse 20. Now to him who is able. I need to slick back my hair and raise my voice a little bit. Carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. How many of y'all know you can pray for one thing, but God, he, he brings it even bigger, right? You can hope one level, but I'm telling you, he will bring a hope that you could never even think of. You may dream here, but he gives it here, right? It says, according to his power that is at work within us, verse 21, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So this prayer was not just for the church at Ephesus. This prayer is for Arena of Life Church today in 2022. Amen. God, we thank you for your word. God, that's already enriched us. That's already given us power. That's already given us strength. It's already given us love. It's already given us your presence. It's already given us purpose. So God, today, Lord, as we lean into your word, I pray, Lord, that you are opening eyes to see and ears to hear. God, I pray, Lord, if you did it then, you can still do it today. You're still a miracle-working God. So, God, today, reveal yourself during this time of being in your word. God, I declare that at this house, that this house is a house that prays. This house is the house that seeks ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things is added unto them. I pray that these families that are represented in this room, I pray that these, these are dads that seek your face. These are moms that seek your face. These are grandparents 
that seek your face. And Lord, as we jump in your word today, open eyes and ears in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We'll look at your neighbor and say, pay attention now. Praise God. Come on, who's thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? Praise God. How many of y'all can just say, you know what, I needed to be here today, right? How many of y'all know you, you need it? I thank God. I thank God for the house of the Lord. Well, if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, we're in this series of when he, when he, and you. How many of y'all have got something out of the text? All right, very good. Matthew chapter 6, for those of you that haven't ra- didn't raise your hand, I believe you will after this sermon today, right, Pastor Robert? He's not paying attention. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's that good. He already heard it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 3. You ready? It says, but when you give, everybody say, when you give. Everybody needs to say, come on, say, when you give. When you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now let's go to verse 6, Matthew 6. It says, but when you pray, everybody say, when you pray. He says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you, verse 17. But when you fast, everybody say, when you fast. It says, when you fast, that's the one you got to kind of say, kind of drub, right? When you fast. Sound like Eeyore. Okay. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father, who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. I said at the beginning, and I will say it till I'm done preaching this series of when he and you, he doesn't say if you give, if you pray, and if you fast. He says when you do. How many of y'all know God is expecting us to give? God is expecting us to pray. God is expecting us to fast. The first week I talked about fasting because we were fasting. And normally I would do things in order. I would talk about giving first. Then I would talk about praying for second. And then I would talk about fasting. But I was ready to get fasting over with. Can I get an amen out there? All right. Oh, okay. Y'all like it? We're gonna, I'm declaring a 40-day fast today. Glory to God. If you don't, you will. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, uh, and I believe we ought to be people in decency and in order, right? But, but this is the way the Lord showed me to do it. So we're talking about fasting. Then last week we talked about prayer and fasting. I hope you got that out of the word of Matthew 17 last week because I'm telling you that was a rhema word for today. Because he said, uh, he said, faithless and perverse generation, this is why, disciples, you could not cast the devil out of the boy. It was because you're faithless and perverse. If you're faithless, it doesn't mean that you're connected to God. And if you're perverse, it means you're too connected to the world. Perverse means this, it means twisted. How many of y'all know you can get twisted up in the things of this world? And so the reason he says faithless and perverse, this is why you can't say into this mountain, be thou removed to be cast in the sea. And so he gives him, this is, this is, uh, this is the reason. This is uh, what's going on with you. But he gives him prescription of how to get rid of that, and it's prayer and fasting, because prayer connects us to God, and fasting disconnects us from the world. And I'm telling you, last Sunday night, we had people in here praying and fasting, and I believe the Lord's presence was in this house. And I'm telling you, it was a mighty move of the Spirit. 
But today, we had, so we talked about fasting, we talked about prayer and fasting, but today I want to talk about prayer. How many of y'all know God has called you to be people that pray? I'm going to say that again. If you don't know this, God has called you to be people that pray. And I'm going to tell you, I'm preaching today from a message that this is something that is in my life. I'm not talking to you about it and don't do it in my own life. I'm telling you, I'm a person that prays. And I'm telling you, if you want power in your life, you're going to have to be a people that pray. And I don't pray because I'm a preacher. I pray because I'm a believer. Right? And I want to encourage all of you. So go on your, with your, me with your Bibles to Mark 1, chapter 35. Mark 1, 35. I love Mark 1. Gotten lots of revelation out of Mark 1. But there's one particular verse that I want you to see here in verse 35. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about the example that Jesus was to us. Jesus was a faster. Jesus was a prayer. Jesus was a giver. And so he was the example to us, and his example through prayer should be one that we should live out in our life. And in Mark 1, verse 35, he's, been, he's coming out of the house of Simon Peter's there and Andrew's. He's accompanied by James and John, and he, he meets all these people, and he's healing the sick. But there comes a time in Mark 1, 35, it says, in the, in the morning... Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. And so let's talk about when Jesus prayed. Number one is this, he had a set time. Jesus had a set time to pray. Can I tell you this? You as believers need a set time to pray. Because how many of y'all know if you don't have a set time to pray, or if you mess up your set time to pray, one day leads to two days, two days lead to three days, three days lead to four days. And four days lead to five days, and then five days leads to, well, I'll start it all over next January when we start resolutions again, right? But Jesus here, he had a set time to pray. And how many of y'all know if the Son of God had a set time to pray, God has called you and I as believers to have a set time to pray. And so in this text here, what I, what I love about this is Jesus, how many of y'all know he was busy? I believe that. He was busy. But he was not too busy to pray. He was not, he, uh, nothing separated him from his prayer time. He wasn't too active. He was not too successful. He wasn't like, you know, I'm sorry, I've been too busy casting out devils. You know, I've just been too busy walking on water, down by the creek walking on water. Right? I've just been too busy raising the dead. I've just been too busy seeing the withered hand come out. Come on. I've been too busy seeing... Uh, um, people with leprosy on their body being made whole. Aren't you thankful for the God who heals? I mean, uh, uh, I've just been too busy casting out devils out of the demoniac. I've just been too busy. No, what Jesus is telling us in this text here, he's saying, because I took time to pray, I can cast out devils. Are you hearing me this morning? The reason that I was able to lay hands on the sick and see them recover is because I took time in the morning and I had a set time to spend time with God. What I did was is I put money in the deposit of the bank of prayer and I withdrew it when the person came with the demon. I put deposits in the time of prayer, spending time with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And when the boy came, the demoniac, I had time to cast out the devil because it was my time and prayer that gave me the power to do it. Are you hearing me this morning? How many of y'all know you need to set time on Monday to pray? You need to set time on Tuesday to pray. We need to set time on Wednesday to pray. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. 
What I see also in Luke here, that it wasn't spasmatic. He wasn't wishy-washy in his prayer. I've been wishy-washy in prayer before. How many of y'all been that? All hands that weren't raised, we're going to have, you lied. <laughs> We've all done it, hadn't we? How many of y'all know there's distractions out there? But what I love about the Son of God, he set time in Luke 9, 18. And it says, and it came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, whom say the people that I am? He was alone praying, alone. You know, I think it's important that we have times with our spouse to pray. I think it's important that we pray with our kids. But oh, no, what else I think? I think it's important that we have that set time alone that we spend with the Father. Amen? Amen? We need to set those times, those, those times aside. I want to ask you this morning, do you have a time of prayer? If the Son of God had one, don't you think you should have one too? How many of y'all know life is busy? Life is busy. Lord have mercy, it's busy. Four days a week, we have wrestling practice. Friday nights, we weigh in. Saturdays, we usually wrestle during this time of the year. Three nights a week, we have volleyball practice from 8 to 10 p.m. What kind of pagan devils makes that up? Let me tell you, my, my, my morning starts early. I'm a very, very busy person. But you know what? I'm not too busy not to pray. Can I tell you, I can't make it without prayer. You need to have the same heart too. You can't make it without prayer and you need to have a set time to pray and I suggest doing it in the morning. Because if you take time to pray with your kids home, you ain't gonna pray. Yesterday I was studying the word down in the basement and the boys, I don't know what they were doing, but they were on the floor above me and it sounded like Jumanji in my house. <laughs> like, is there elephants up there? I'd be like, boys, what is going on? It's like people that watch service online. I can't do it. I won't do it. You know why? Because I have children. And how many of y'all know, it's just like this. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's times when I'm seeking the Lord, and if I'm trying to do it during a time and all the kids are around, devils come out of me. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I'm really trying to seek your face. Parents, don't look at me judgmental because you know you've been there. You're like, this is my time in the Word. And they come up, and you're like, get thee behind me, Satan. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like you got a paddle in one hand and a Bible in the other. He's like, which person am I whipping first? I'm trying to whip devils right now, but I'm whipping children. Right? That's why you got to have a set time and get up before them. He said, in the morning. You're like, in the morning? Yes, in the morning. Or maybe after they go to bed, but I'm telling you, you need a in the morning time. There's something about when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to give praise to God. In the morning, Mark, and so let's, so number one, we see this, he had a set time. This is a very simple word today. Just lean in though. Another thing I see about Jesus in this Mark 135, he said in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed from a, into a solitary place. So not only did he have a time, but he need, it, number two, I see this, he had a solitary place. We need a time and we need a place. How many of y'all know we need a time and we need a place to pray? I used to have this really nice chair. It was in our room, and I loved it. I loved to pray, and I loved to seek the Lord in that. I mean, the anointing was in that chair. I took naps in that chair. 
Lord ministered to me in my dreams in that chair. And then we bought another house, and Brandy said I couldn't have my chair in that place anymore. So she put it in Noel's room, but I'm sure when he played Fortnite, the glory of the Lord was on him when he played Fortnite in that chair. <clears throat> but I, I believe you need a place that is set aside. Mine is obviously in the basement. You guys joined me four days of the week down in the basement, but we need to have a place. I, you know, as I read through Scripture, and I've always noticed through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus, it looked like he liked to uh, pray at the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, mainly around the olive trees, the Sea of Galilee. And I, I want to look into a word study here in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, what we already talked about. And I'm reading it out of the King James here before I read it in NLT when I started the service. But I'm reading it out of the King James Version because there's a word in here that I studied in the Greek that it's important that we understand. He says, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. I want to look into this word. He said, entered into thy closet. This word closet in the Greek means tamion. And this word tamion, it has progressed in history uh, in, the, in the Greek study. And so it started out, at first was used to, de to depict a secret place where one would hide his or her most valuable possessions. But as time progressed, the word came to describe a secure place where a person could put money or treasure, such as a safety deposit box or a vault at the bank. Are you seeing what Jesus is saying here? That time when you pray, it needs to be in a place that you have your most precious things that are valuable to you. How many of y'all know the Lord takes the time and prayer that you spend with him. He takes it as very important to him. How many of y'all believe that out there? How many of y'all believe God hears your prayer when you, when you seek his face? And so looking at this text here, this is a place where you would put something important. That means prayer needs to be something that is so important to us that we designate a place for it to be. And so it represented a place so secure that no one would be able to break into or disrupt or steal the valuable possessions. The word tamion is also used in this verse to convey the idea of intimacy with God in prayer. I, I study, um, I have Gems of the Greek by uh, Rick Renner. And if you don't have that, he has volume one and volume two. And it's so good. And so this is where I got that tamion from, was from his Greek study of that. And he went on to say this, this word tamion was also used to, to depict the nature of the picture between a man and his wife in the bedroom, in an intimate place, a place that they don't spend it with anyone else. Or I hope you don't. It's weird if you do. You should stop if you're doing that. But how many of y'all know that is a special time between a man and his wife. No kids should be involved in that. Nobody else should be even involved in the conversation of what goes on in there. He's saying that time with the Lord needs to be the same way. Are you seeing that this morning? It needs to be intimate. God desires for us to pray, put ourselves in that closet, and have that Tammy on experience with him. Are you getting something out of the word this morning? Here's the next one, Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and verse 39. It says this, and he went a little further, fell on his face, he's talking about Jesus here, and prayed saying, now we're in red letter, 
Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. The third thing is this. He prayed out loud. Now, those of you that were in the first service last week, I talked about Anson came to me and he said, Dad, I want you to pray for me before this match. And I said, all right, son, I'm going to agree with you in prayer. I'm going to pray and you pray. He goes, well, Dad, I've been praying, but I've been praying inside my mind. Now, how many of y'all know God knows our thoughts? How many of y'all believe that? And I got on to him. I said, son, what if I told your mother that I loved her always in my thoughts? It's going to be a rough marriage for me and your mom. How many of you know God wants to hear your voice? What I see in this text right here, it says he prayed, sang. Everybody say, sang. He prayed out loud. People, we need to pray out loud. Parents, your kids need to hear you pray out loud. Husbands, your wife needs to hear you pray out loud. Wives, your husband needs to hear you pray out loud. And, you know, there was a time when public prayer, I'll be honest with you, is inappropriate. Now, let me explain. You're like, what? Now, let me explain. There was a few years ago, this lady was in my office, and she was having a bad time at her job because her boss was against her. She said, well, I don't understand it because my boss, he's a strong Methodist man. He goes every single, every single Sunday, every single Wednesday. He loves the Lord. He loves the Word. But he has something against me. I said, well, what's the problem? She said, in the morning when we come together as a Christian business and pray, when we pray, I pray in tongues and I pray out loud. I said, you're crazy. Stop doing that. Because they don't understand what's going on. How many of y'all know that? I believe that tongues is for the believer and for the unbeliever. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there that lack the knowledge. And until they know that, you're just going to make them run like a dog passing a peach seed crazy out of there. How many of y'all know that? They're going to get out of there. They're going to run like the wind blows, freaked out every single time. But I'm telling you, there is never a time where it's inappropriate to pray publicly, quietly. I pray all the time. I'm telling you, I go in the courthouse, I'm praying, buddy. When I walk into the hospital, I'm praying. Before I get to church, I pray before I get to church. I want to invite all of y'all to get in the Spirit before you actually get in the Spirit. I'm telling you, I cook cinnamon toast praying. I shoe horses praying. Sometimes for my life, but other, for other things. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you know, God's called us to be a people that prays. And we need to pray. It's better. And, and there's lots of you who are like, well, pastor, I don't know how to pray like you. This is not a competition. I want to tell you what the word says from the beginning to the end. It's better to please God than to please man. Amen. There's like a hundred scriptures on that. If I had time, I would share them all with you. But it's better to please God than it is to please man. And growing up, I'm so thankful. I sent it to my, a buddy of mine, um, John Bailey, in fact. I sent it to him Christmas time. Uh, we got a TikTok. I got a TikTok from a buddy of mine, and it said this. Every Pentecostal home growing up, and it's the, it's, it's the video of a Christmas vacation, Chevy Chase, uh, Clark Griswold. He said, drum roll, please. You know what I'm talking about? When he's bringing it together and all the famous, I promise you that was my living room at 5.30 every day growing up, and it's still that way today with my mom and dad, praying in the Holy Ghost for their kids, for their family, 
<clears throat> I said that to say, moms, dad, your kids need to hear you pray and pray out loud. I'm going to talk you into it here in a minute. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Are you see that? Because of the act of prayer life of Jesus, the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. It was his response to hearing him pray. You know why it's important that we pray out loud? Because the things that you pray for, it needs to be revealed to your kids. Come on, we got together as a family, and we prayed out loud, and we prayed for a house. And when we got a house, we got to tell the kids, this wasn't from your mom and dad's doing. This was because of God. We've prayed for cars. We've prayed for healings. We've prayed for all kinds of things, and the reason we pray out loud is because I want my kids to see it was because we as a family got an agreement, and it wasn't what mom and daddy did, but it was what the king of kings still does today. Are you hearing me this morning? You know what we're going to be? We're going to be people that pray. It's my heart's desire that you be a people that pray. We need to be prayers. Besides all that, let Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Death and life. He who says in his mountain, be thou removed. It doesn't say who thinks to this mountain. Say unto this mountain. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Those of you that came Sunday night and every corporate prayer meeting that we get together, you'll hear me say it. You didn't come to spectate because if you did, you can watch this online or something. You came to pray. I didn't come to listen. I came to pray. I came to get in agreement. Come on, let's be people that pray out loud. Are you hearing me this morning? Now let's go to Luke 22. Let's see another facet of Jesus here. Luke 22, verse 31. Let me see if I can find it in my Bible. <clears throat> Luke 22 and verse 31. It says this, so we see a time, he had a time, he had a place, he prayed out loud. Here's the fourth one. It said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Number four is this, write it down. He prayed for people by name. That's another way we need to pray. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man obeyeth much is what the Bible says. The Bible says this in John Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great mighty things which you do not know. So his prayer was not general, it was specific. Now I want to read something to you. During a church service, the pastor asked if anyone in the congregation would like to express praise for answered prayers. Karen stood, and you need to watch out when Karen stands, right? <clears throat> Karen stood and walked to the podium. She said, two months ago, my husband Randy had a terrible bicycle accident and his scrotum was crushed. There was a muffled gasp from the men in the congregation. Randy was unable to hold me or the grandchildren. She went on and every move uh, caused him terrible pain. We prayed as the doctors performed a delicate operation and they were able to reconstruct the crushed remnants of Randy's scrotum using wire to reinforce and shape it. The men in the congregation cringed and squirmed uncomfortably, just like I heard a bunch of you just now. 
Now she announced with a quivering voice, thank the Lord, Randy is out of the hospital and the doctors say that with time, his scrotum should never recover, uh, his, his scrotum should recover completely. All the men sighed with relief. The pastor rose and asked if anyone else had something to say. Randy stood up, walked slowly to the podium and said, I'm Randy. The entire congregation held its breath. I just want to tell my dear wife, the word is sternum, sternum. <laughs> I mean, y'all know there's a difference. I mean, y'all know God knows our heart. God knows our thoughts. But how many y'all know we need to say the right names? What was I even talking about? He prayed for people by name. <laughs> All right? Listen, you know, I think when I read stories, when I see this, and I do this, I look at the word very literal. As Pastor Robert taught in the teaching two weeks ago, and if you didn't listen to last Wednesday on, on Jubilee, I'm telling you, it was so good. So good. But anyway, we need to look at the word literal. And what I see this is Jesus, is, he says to him, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. You know what I picture the Lord still doing for me? He's saying, Travis, Travis, Satan has desired you. You know, there's times in my life that I've seen the enemy come in like a flood. How many of y'all have felt that before? But you know what I know about the word? The Bible says that Jesus is making intercession before the Father. And I believe he is still saying that today, Travis, Travis. I believe he's still saying, Jim, Jim. I believe he's still saying your name. Come on, how many of y'all believe that? So if Jesus said his name, how many of y'all know it's important that we cry out to the Lord with our kids' names? Noah. Noah. Noel. I'm going to cry out to the Lord about Noel. I'm going to say, Lord, I want, I'm going to pray this way for Noel. I'm going to pray this way for Addison. The reason I said Noah is because before somebody asked me, hey, hey, how's Noah doing? I'm like, who? Now it's stuck in my head. <clears throat> I'm going I'm to pray to the Lord about Addison. I'm going to pray to the Lord about Anson. I'm going to pray to the Lord about Catch, Atlee Catch. I'm going to pray to the Lord about my wife. Come on. How many of y'all know God wants to hear those names? He's specific about those things. Every day, pray for your kids. Every day, pray for your family. Your name is still on his lips today. Can I get a praise for that right there? That his, my name is still on God's lips. In 1 John 5, 14, it says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, everybody say anything, anything according to his will, he heareth us. Our confidence is in him. It's not in people. It's not in things. It's in him. It's God's will for your family. So number one, we see this. He had a time. He had a place. Number two, he had a place. Number three, he prayed out loud. Number four, he prayed for people by their name. Now let's go to Matthew 18, verse 18. This will be the last one. Then we're going to talk about how you pray. Number five, Jesus prayed for and with others. Um, I pray this for my kids every day. And those of you that are on live in the mornings, I pray over them, Mark 16. This, this would be a sign to the unbeliever that they will lay hands on the sick and that they shall recover. How many of y'all know you have an opportunity every day to pray for somebody? If you don't believe me, just watch today. Be intentional about it. But people are telling you their problems all the time. 
I'm telling you, it's like going to the barber shop when you get your horse shod. They just open up. And I say, hey, let's take this opportunity right now to pray. Because how many of y'all know if you say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, you never do it? You lie. You lie like a rug. How many of y'all know that? I got to take that opportunity right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. On the phone? Yes, on the phone. Right here in the store? Yes, right here in the store. Right here. We're going to pray. Because life's busy, I'm going to make the time right now in this place to pray. And so the power of agreement, you know, what I see Jesus here, he prayed for and with others. In Matthew 17, he was with uh, Peter, James, and John, and they were at Mount Transfiguration. You think they went up there to sightsee? No, I mean, the sight they saw was amazing. But I'm telling you, prayer ushered that in. Matthew 18, verse 18, he says, For verily I say unto you, this ought to be tattooed on you. Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 19, again, again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that, that you ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. How many of y'all know one can put a thousand flight, but two can put ten thousand? How many of y'all know a double-edged sword is powerful than a one-edged sword? How many of y'all know a three-strand rope is powerful than one strand of rope? There's something about people that when they come together corporately and they pray together. I'm telling you, hell shook Sunday night when these people came together and prayed. I'm telling you. But it still shakes when one person gets together. But what I'm saying is this. In Matthew 18, Jesus, he not only prayed alone. He not only had a set time to pray. He had a place to pray. He also called people out by name. But he also, too, he prayed for and with others. Come on, we need to pray with our kids. We need to pray with our spouse. We need to pray with other believers. Come on, this is the, the language of the believer. We are people that pray. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a lost commodity in churches today where people come together in prayer. I grew up praying. I'm telling you, I will die praying. Praying should be, be but what I see here in verse 20, it's a reference to the other two verses. For where two or more gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Are you seeing that Jesus was a prayer? Are you seeing it this morning that he was a prayer? Now I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to come to a close here. Ephesians chapter 3, because this is something that I pray over my kids. This is something that I pray over my family. Now I'm going to get into when you pray. Everybody say, when I pray. Not if you pray. Not wishy-washy pray. But this is when you pray. This is something to pray. He said that he would grant unto you by rich treasure and glory, strengthen you, reinforce you with might to your inner man, the Holy Spirit himself, to your inmost being and personality. Yes, I memorized that. I memorized all of it because I pray it all the time. You know what I pray for my kids? Number one is this, power. How many of y'all need a heavenly download of strength today? Come on, I believe this. If he prayed this for the church at Ephesus, it's something that should be on us, that I will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon me, and I will be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Come on, not in my own personal strength, but in the strength that God gives me, I am able to conquer this day. The strength that God gives me, 
I will cast out devils. I will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Come on, no harmly thing will come near my dwelling place because I'm getting a heavenly download from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm going to pray power into my life. Number two is this, Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. We're going to have love. Everybody say love. It says, so, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and you may have, have been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. Be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints the width, the length, the depth, and height of his endless love. Endless love. How many of y'all know we need love today? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Bible tells us 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, it's not envious, it's not boastful, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. It says faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? It's love. How many of y'all know we need to love our kids as Christ has loved us? We need to love our wife as Christ has loved us. In fact, you go on in Ephesians. It talks about that. We got to have that kind of love. I don't know about you, but I want the love of God in my life. I want to express the love of God in my life. Not worldly love, but godly love. The love that makes a difference. Here's the third thing. Write this down. So number one, we're going to pray for power. Number two, I'm going to pray for love. Number three, I'm going to pray for his presence. Verse 19. He says, and to know the love of Christ, which far surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life. I don't know about you, but I want the presence of God in my life. I want the presence of God in my life. You know what I pray every day? I pray that I be filled with such a presence of God that when I walk into a place, the atmosphere changes because of the presence of God that's in me. That I would be a thermostat and not a thermometer. Right? That I can come into places that need wisdom and with the presence of God on the inside of me that I will act out in wisdom. Because James says, ask for wisdom and I'll give it to you freely and liberally. And I'm telling you, I believe with the presence of God in me, I'm going to have a smile on my face. I'm going to have wisdom out of my lips. Come on, I'm going to walk in the grace of God and the mercy of God because the presence of God has changed me. The presence of God has molded me. I pray that my kids would walk in the presence of God. Come on. How many of y'all know the presence changes things? Just like a while ago, I needed to be in the presence of God. I needed it. I need the presence of God. This is why I'm here. I said a while ago, I don't know how people watch it online with all the crazy stuff that happens, phone calls. I mean, y'all know there's distractions all over. That's why I need to be in the house and I need to get in the presence of God. Here's the fourth thing, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do super, super abundantly more than all that we ask, think, or desire beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power, that is at work within us. Listen to that. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose. Here's the fourth thing. Number one, power. Two, love. Three, presence. Number four, purpose. You know, lots of times we focus on the problem. Can I tell you, God is focused on the purpose. We focus on the problem. But God is focused on the purpose. You know what I did? First service. When I, 
when I gave this point, I picked up my water and literally poured it all over my chest on accident. I said, God, you're focused on the purpose and not on the problem. I couldn't do it again. Otherwise, I would have. But how many times do we, I say, God, in the morning, I tell him, I said, Lord, I'm not going to look at the problem. But this is the time that I'm taking with you, that I've set a time. And I pray, God, that you help me to see the purpose and not the problem. You working in me. You working in me. You are able to carry out the purpose in my life. Are you getting something out of this this morning? So we see when he prayed, we see of how we can do that. I hope you see this morning when you pray. And I hope you pray. Well, I'm a new believer. Listen, new believers pray. Old believers pray. If you've gotten out of the routine of prayer, maybe you see it in your life. We need to be people that pray. So now this is what I want to do. I want to take this time to pray. We're going to have the biggest prayer service we've ever had at Arena of Life right now. You know what I see in Scripture? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength. There's many times I've seen this, but talking about prayer, I see that he affects the spirit, the soul, and the body, right? The spirit's connected to our heart, mind, mind, soul. That's connected because we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. When we love the Lord, we need to love him with our heart. That's with our spirit, right? We love him with our mind. That's our soul that we have. But in strength, it's talking about the physical nature, right? With our bodies, we love the Lord. I believe in prayer. We need to pray with all of our heart, our mind, soul, and strength. Can I tell you, it's easy sometimes, sometimes for me to really get my heart connected and activated in prayer. But it's not always easy for me to pray in my mind. Y'all are looking at me judgmental right now. This is why you need a time and a place. Because if, if listen, I do not pray with my phone on. Now, I believe you can do other things and pray. I believe that. Because the Bible tells us in Genesis that the reason he created Adam and Eve is so he could commune with them. And I believe we can have a prayer time with the Lord. But I'm telling you, you need those intimate times where you connect in your body, your soul, and your heart. Right? And so, I'm not kidding you. I'll be in that place, and I'll be thinking above a horse's foot. I mean, mamas, no telling what you're thinking about. Oh, I got to get a lunch for him. I got to get clothes. I got to do all of these different things. How many of y'all know it's hard to get your mind involved in prayer? Come on, let's just be honest. But you know what helps you get there is a posture of prayer. A posture of prayer. Like getting on your knees and getting your, your physical body in a place to pray. Now, I realize there's some of you, you can't do that. But I'm going to ask you this. We're going to take this time. We're going to pray. And if you can't get on your knees, get on your knees. At least bow your head or do something. But put your body in a posture of prayer. Can I tell you this? Two weeks ago, when I was with the last moments of Belva Greenhouse, Mr. Greenhouse ran our tractor down at the, the arena for years, but his, his wife was at, at her last. And I went to pray for her and Mr. Greenhouse. 88 years old, or he'll be 88 this year in May. He got on his knees beside that bed and he prayed for Mrs. Greenhouse. 
Come on, how many of y'all know there's some of us, we, we don't have any excuses. We need to put ourselves in a posture of prayer. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take this time. Like I said, this is going to be the biggest prayer service we've ever had at Arena of Life. But I want you to get in a posture of prayer. Go ahead, right now. Get in a posture of prayer. Get in a posture of prayer. I'm going to get in a posture of prayer. And I want you to cry out to the Lord. Just pray for His love. Pray, pray for His power. Pray for His presence. Pray for His purpose in your life. Pray for your kids. God, right now, I just lift up Noel to you, God. As he is in San Diego undergoing this Marine combat training. God, I pray that you would minister to him. I pray, Lord, that he would have your power on the inside of him. That he would experience, God, your love. The love of God that surpasses all understanding. I pray that he would be patient, kind. That he would not think about the evil things, but he would rejoice in the truth. God, I pray that he would walk in your presence, that your presence would be active in his life. I pray, Lord, for the presence of God to shape him, mold him, make him in Jesus' name. I pray that the joy of the Lord would be his strength as he is in your presence. God, I pray for your purpose to be done in his life. Your purpose to be done in his life. Lord, I lift up Addison to you, God. I pray for the power of God to be in operation. Lord, reveal yourself to her. Reveal yourself to her. Show her great and mighty things which she does not know. Lord, I pray that the power of God would be a strength to her. I pray, Lord, that she would realize the love of God. That she would not seek the love of men or boys or things or objects. But she would truly experience the love of God in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that she would experience your presence like she's never felt it before. God, I pray that she would always know that she can call upon you and you, you will answer her and show her great and mighty things. Lord, I pray that the presence of God is active in her life. I pray, Lord, for your purpose to be revealed. May she not focus on the problem or the pain, but God, may she come back always to the purpose of God. I pray for Anson, Lord. I pray for the power of God to be revealed in him. Lord, I see such a light on him. I pray, Lord, that he would be a light in darkness. I pray that Anson, God, would, would, would desire your power and your strength. That he would know that it doesn't come from man. That it doesn't even come from a church. That it comes from you. Lord, I pray that he would experience the love of God. I pray for divine appointments of people in his life that would show the love of God to him. I pray, Lord, for Anson, God, I pray that he would experience your presence. Your presence. Oh, that the joy of the Lord would be his strength. God, I pray that as he walks in room, that he changes the atmosphere because of the presence of God that's on him. I pray, Lord, for your purpose, your purpose, your plan, your pursuits. Oh, God, the plan that you have for his life. Come on, cry out to the Lord, people of God. Cry out to the Lord of your family members. Lord, I lift up Atlee Catch to you, Lord. I pray that all the days of his life that he would walk in your strength. I pray that all the days of his life that he would walk in your love. Oh, that you would show him the height, the depth, the length of your love. That he would have a revelation of your love. I pray that Atlee Catch, Lord, would walk in your presence. Oh, that he would be filled. Fill him with the presence of God. I pray for your purpose. Your purpose on Atlee Catch's life. That he would not focus on the pain or the problem. But, Lord, that he would know the plans and pursuits and the purpose that you have for his life. That all the days of his life, he would serve you. In Jesus' name. 
Oh, in Jesus' name, Lord, I lift my wife up to you, Lord. I pray for your power on her life, your love on her life, your presence on her life, your purpose on her life. I pray for my life, Lord. May I be a reflection of your power. May I be a reflection of your love. May I be a reflection of your presence. May I be a reflection, God, of your purpose being played out through me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, reveal it. Reveal it. In Jesus' name. You can get up from where you are. Doesn't it feel good to pray? Come on, doesn't it feel good to pray? Come on, people of God, doesn't it feel good to pray? Some of y'all wouldn't have prayed. Come on and stand your feet. Some of y'all wouldn't have prayed if I wouldn't have made you. How many of you don't know you need to just take that step? You need to just take that step and pray. I know this is a simple word, but how many of y'all really, like you got a desire to pray this morning? Come on. You got a desire to pray. Come on, our kids need to hear us pray. We need to repent of times that we haven't. We need to repent of times that we tried to figure it out. And how many of y'all know he has the answer and he is the answer? Right? It blesses me so much. Like before Addison plays, she call, Dad, we got to pray together. Because she knows there's power that comes from prayer. Anson and catch, Dad, we got to pray before I wrestle. I'm going to pray that you pin them, son. Right? We're going to pray. And I'm going to pray the whole time they're out there that God keep his angels, charge over them, keep them in all their ways. I'm going to scream at them, too. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do my dadly duty and scream at them. But God's going to do what he does. Amen. Come on, as Americans, I'm telling you, two things. You need to vote. And you need to pray. Like Pastor Robert brought it up, and I'm going to bring it up too. If you're not registered to vote, shame on you, believer. Seriously. Get registered to vote. And make sure it's right. If you've moved, if you've moved to a different county or whatever, make sure you're registered to vote because your voice needs to be heard. And there's lots of things that we don't trust anymore, but I'm telling you, you need to vote and you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. God, thank you for this time this morning. Thank you that you answer us. God, we choose to hear from you. God, we know you desire a relationship with us. So, God, we choose not even just to pray, but we choose to listen. We choose to listen. Of God, that you, what you would speak to us. Lord, you said when you pray. If with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're out there and you say, Pastor, you know what? I can honestly say that I don't have a relationship with God. I haven't been praying because I'm not close to him. There's sin in my life that has separated me from him. So number one, you need to do this. You need to admit that there's sin in your life. You need to admit that you're a sinner. 
Number two, you need to know this, that even though you're a sinner, and even though you've done things that separated you from God, there's still a God that pursuing after you. That, they, that he sent his only son to die on the cross, to be buried, to die a gruesome death, to be buried, but on the third day he rose again. He showed resurrection power for us. So just as what he did as an example, he said, you know what? You admit that you're a sinner, but if you believe that my son, he was buried, he died, he was buried on the third day, I'll forgive you of your sins. In fact, I'll forgive you as far as the east is from the west. The third thing is this, you got to confess him as your Lord. I'm telling you, if you're out there and you feel separated from God, you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you haven't been praying because you feel separated from Him, don't go another day feeling that way. The Bible says, confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So today, let's get things right with the Lord. If you're away from God, that's one. Number two, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, this is what's called the Damascus Road Experience, the Roman Road. That right in the middle of your sin, you'll invite that Savior in. The Bible says he'll stick closer than any brother in your life. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that he was in Romans and the book of Acts is the same God that he is today. He will minister to you. So if you're out there and say, you know what, there's sin in my life. I need to get it right. I need to confess it on this altar right now. If that's you, you're away from God. Number two. You've never had Jesus in your life. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. But you have to be bold. You have to let me know. Who is that in the room today? Who is it? You're away from the Lord. Just lift your hand. That's you. Amen. I see this, this hand over here. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Praise God. I see that hand. Amen. 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 God's doing something this morning. Is there anybody else? I see two hands. Praise God. Well, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus. Come on, everybody. Say, Jesus. I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. But today, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you forgive me of my sin. I believe you died, you were buried, and on the third day you rose again. Come live in my life, Jesus. Come in my heart. I confess you as my Lord. From this day forward, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.